Happy Friday evening to all. The weekend is upon us. I hope it goes by slowly. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today. Reading 3 John chapter 1 in the NLT. Why don't we pray and then we can begin. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. Your word is holy because you are holy. You are a holy, righteous God who is above all the turmoil, all the sin, all the anti-relationships in this world. Your word makes it better and your word will not come to you um, void, but it will accomplish that which you wish. And you wish us to be sanctified, to be holy, to be uncorrupted, to be purified in this world that is sagging and passing away as we, ver as we speak. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that you've given us, the truth that you've given us. Thank you for these apostles and for these writers that you um, gave to write your word through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Thank you now as we read your word. Help it that it may sanctify us, it may chisel us. Help us, Lord, to be at peace. Help us to be healthy. Guide us in what we are to eat and um, what where we are to spend our time and how we are to conduct our lives, to be pure and holy in a world that's bleak and dark, that has no hope. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and help us to discern it now, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. John writes, this letter is from John the Elder. I am writing to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. So when I look here, it says, nothing is known of Gaius. This is from uh, John MacArthur's uh, notes. Beyond the mention of his name in the salutation, the name was one of 18 common names from which Roman parents usually chose for one of their sons, making any specific identification doubtful. John, his fellow believers, and even strangers to whom Gaius extended hospitality, held him in great esteem for his Christian walk and conduct. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. I think this is really important and this is really something that's, you know, this is the new covenant and this is not about rules. Everyone has to go to the Holy Spirit and decide what your diet is to be healthy in body, right? This is not where in the Old Testament there were rules. Uh, many Christians have said to me, oh, that's legalism about the different rules in Leviticus about what the Jewish people were supposed to eat. But why would God tell them not to eat something and then it's okay for us? Jesus said, what goes into your mouth doesn't sanctify you. And it, but it's what comes out of your mouth. What comes out of your mouth, how you speak to people that's, that's in your heart. And in Colossians 2, it says, um, don't let anyone worry you about what you eat or whatever. That's just for the asceticism of the body. So it's nothing to do with sin, but, but it is health, though. I've heard many Christians say to me, uh, a pig has no liver. They've said to me that, um, what else was I said? A pig can eat a rattlesnake, it can eat poison, it can take that and not die. Um, I was told many times that uh, the, the pig can have trichnosis. I've gone to the store and I've seen foods that are um, organic pork. So I don't know how healthy that is. And certainly the way they raise some of the clean animals like chickens and cows and things like that may not be so healthy. But the, 
the rules that God made against the animals in the Bible were scavengers. Everybody knows that. Even Christians know that. Everybody says everything in moderation. And as Christians, we're supposed to take care of our body. I'm sure you go to a, a function. There's plenty of sugar there. There's plenty of, you know, I've, I've had my share of donuts, lemon tarts, butter tarts, chocolate, things like that. But I am surprised sometimes it seems that Christians really don't have any stock of their health. They don't seem to really pay attention to, uh, to the stewardship aspect. So me saying about this, well, I guess I'm just triggered by healthy and body because I've met a lot of Christians who are very unhealthy and they don't need to be. Why are you, why you have no sense of um, diet at all? I think as a Christian, I think that this is, we are all kind of stewarding our body. You have to take care of your body. It's stewardship. You're a Christian. You're trying to please God. God gives us all a body to rent and nobody's body is perfect and nobody's body is without, uh, exempt from disease. People have allergies. People have oncogenes. People have genetic factors, um, in their bodies, um, that they had no control over. My cousin's wife, um, she was fine. She had a couple of kids and then all of a sudden she got MS. And MS is a progressive disease. It's a, it's a disinter, disintegration of the myelin sheets. That she was totally fine when they were dating, totally fine. And then she had kids and then something triggered it off after she had children. Um, and, but she eats very, very well. She watches her diet. I know someone else too had lupus. And it's like an autoimmune disease and it made her face very red and blotchy. And she really had to watch what she's eating. People have health problems. You can't just shovel and stuff into your body um, that's not good. Even, even in the Bible in Daniel, Daniel and his three friends said, you know, we can't eat that's rich food. And then they made the, the guy a bet about uh, in 10 days you can check us. And they were the healthiest. They just ate very natural foods. I think we need to... We need to emphasize that as Christians, especially in this world. It seems it's so much unhealth. I mean, they say that men's testosterone is dropping. And I know that, you know, we buy foods. We don't, we don't all live at farms where we can get the food freshly grown. There's a lot of chemicals. There's a lot of preservatives. So it won't go bad. Sometimes you, they grow fruits. They put fruits in, in hothouses or whatever. And then you, you, you buy a fruit from the store and it tastes so good. It looks so good, sorry. But when you taste it, it's like cardboard. It's like, no, I've had some tomatoes. They looked absolutely gorgeous on the outside. No blemishes. And yet it had no taste. And I remember there was a guy that I lived next to uh, when I lived in Newmarket and he worked uh, in Metro. And I thought he said that, you know, customers don't want to see blemishes on their fruits. They don't want to see that. They want to see something that really looks nice. But the way that thing is grown, it's, it's picked ripe or it's, it's grown in a certain way. It looks great, but it has no taste. So what I'm trying to rant on is that we do need to be healthy in body because, because John is writing to this person, guys, and telling them why. Because if you're not well, if you are not well, it's really hard to connect to God mentally. Like this week, I just had carbohydrates. I had fats. I didn't have a lot of, I tried to minimize my carbs and I didn't eat a lot of animal meat. And I was so tired, so dragging. And then, then in the night I, I had salads. Well, the last two nights I had salads and I had animal meat. 
vegetable protein and animal protein does not seem to be built the same way because i just had the chicken i didn't want to i don't want to eat so much animal meat i really don't but i actually felt better in my head i need to have a healthy mind i need to not be sleepy and have heavy eyes i believe i'm a fast oxidizer for metabolic typing you can google that i've said that before and i'm not looking to eat i'm not looking for an excuse to eat animal meat but i think that animal meat animal protein is built different from vegetable protein and it tends to digest slower and when it digests slower it will also make the carbohydrates that you eat hopefully not junk carbohydrates it will make them digest slower and when your food digests slower there's less release of insulin less insulin hits your blood sugar um so the blood sugar drops um less and it drops at a slower rate and less of your fat metabolism is compromised because insulin suppresses hormone sensitive lipase and that's what liberates the fat from out of off your body and turns it into disposable fat utilizable fat which is called beta oxidation see i know a little bit of stuff i'm not a reader but i watch videos and i did take a bachelor of science i'm not a doctor or scientist or a bodybuilder so you have to go to a doctor if you have a medical problem. If you have high blood pressure problems or medical problems, you need to go to a doctor, a medical doctor, so he can do tests for you and give you his advice. But if you're not healthy in body, your mind will be cloudy and it's hard to connect to God, especially in this crazy tumultuous world where the devil is trying to mess up your mind, mess up your health, and mess up your relationships. He absolutely wants to mess you up because if he can disconnect you from God or put something between you and God like unhealth and he can wedge something between you and Jesus, he's going to try to disconnect you from God. If he sees he can't do it, well, he can't do it, but he may still just keep on throwing darts at you. It's important for Christians to be as healthy and clear-minded as possible in this darkening world that's my rant some of the traveling teachers verse 3 returned recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth i could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth verse 5 care dear friend you are being faithful to god when you care for the traveling teachers who pass through even though they are strangers to you I think there used to be a day when we'd invite the pastor to our houses or people came to people's houses more and I guess we don't do that as much. We're more strangers now. Everybody sort of keeps to themselves. I mean, COVID didn't really help the situation. You know, at Christmas time we had a lot of uh, people were going to different people's houses for lunch. It was very nice. Um, you know, and now we're having the fellowship at 4:30. So, I think there's more integ- integration of people, but you know, people we really don't invite people into our houses anymore maybe we're afraid to do that you know we kind of keep to ourselves or we're afraid to trust it's it's harder i think you know the trust level of of society's gone down as a a lady to said to me in the bible study we're a nation of strangers they have told the church here of your loving friendship please continue pr- providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases god for they are traveling for the lord and they accept nothing from people who are not believers So we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. Verse 9. I wrote to the church about this but Diophitrees who loves to be the leader refuses to have anything to do with us. Oh boy. 
Diophatree sounds like he has a bit of an attitude here. What verse is this? Let me just see if I can find out what verse this is. Um, Diophatree's modeled the opposite of kindness and hospitality to God's servants. Even denying John's apostolic authority over the local congregation, and as a result, denying the revelation of God that came to that authority. His pride endeavored to supplant the rule of Christ through John in the church. Diotrephes' Dio, character was the very opposite of the gentle and loving Gaius, who readily showed hospitality. So maybe John was saying the spirit of Antichrist has come upon us, and already there's two, two guys in the church. One is Gaius. One is somebody who John can depend on, and this other Diotrephes is somebody who apparently is opposing him and is throwing up arguments or roadblocks. So even here, we have this kind of thing in the church itself. Somebody who loves to be the leader and apparently has a lot of pride. Pride really darkens your relationship between you and God. Jesus said, you know, I came to be a servant. I am meek and humble, and you will find rest for your souls. And even... Even in Numbers 12, it says Moses was the meekest man on earth. Jesus said, I did not come to be a master. I, came, I did not come to be a big boss. I came to serve. Maybe we don't want to serve. We want attention. We want to be bosses. We want validation from others. But Jesus says to serve. It's easy to say, hard to do. Um, when I come, John writes in verse 10, I will report some of the things he's doing and the evil accusations he's making against us. Wow. Things are not going well between John the Elder and Diotrephes. Not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling teachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. Well, this guy has a lot of uh, clout in the church, this Diotrephes person. And maybe he thinks he's doing right. Maybe he's trying to protect the church. He wants to be the leader. Maybe he wants to be large and in charge, you know, and, but it seems to me that he's putting people out of the church. Like if you disagree with him, like you're gone. I don't know what kind of leadership style that is. Maybe some leaders, some CEOs of some companies who are really smart, just yell at their, at their people and get things done and make a million dollars. And they think that's a leadership style. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a CEO of a company, so I really can't tell you what the good leadership style would be. But it doesn't sound, I mean, at least a leader would want to engage his people and ask them and try to, to get his finger on the pulse. It sounds like Diotrephes has decided, you know, I'm the boss, I'm boss man. Or more dangerous yet, some people decide God has empowered me to be boss man. I mean, the person that was in charge of the, founded the church that I came from, she, she was empowered, she was entitled, she was full of pride. God is speaking to me. God is giving me dreams. I'm going to write them in books and you're going to like it and you're going to read it and you're going to buy my books. No, I'm not. You're not in the Bible and you have self-entitled and empowered yourself. And that's just wrong. Um, Jesus is the one in charge. Yes, the shepherd, the under shepherd, the pastor does have some authority and you're supposed to at least consider what the pastor says. You're not to grovel before the pastor. The pastor is not your boss. But neither is the pastor someone that you're going to walk over either because he's doing his, jo his job. Yes, he's doing his job, but he's also the under-shepherd of the church. God has given him a certain measure of uh, strength, of vocation, of being able to speak to people. You know, we have to respect the fact that the pastor is also a human being and can make mistakes. But we have to respect the fact that the pastor does have authority. I guess God has to help us to be able to balance so that we 
know what the pastor says and we listen to the pastor and we work with the pastor even if we disagree, but we don't necessarily have to fight and oppose the pastor on everything we don't agree with. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 18, For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. It doesn't sound to me, that is in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 18, doesn't sound to me that this Diotrephes person is being commended by God because his actions and behavior do not sound seem to be God-approved or God-centered. They seem to be me-centered, Diotrephes-centered. I don't tell you what to think. I just ask you to think about what I tell you. Verse 11, dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Follow what is good. The church is supposed to build people up. The church is not supposed to celebrate people's sins and the church is not supposed to give you respect because you just darn well cry for it. You're supposed to earn respect. But the thing is the church is supposed to build up um, um, sinners and gently correct them into saints. We're not supposed to be dictators, but we're not supposed to just do whatever we want. We're not the boss of ourselves anymore, Jesus is. And if Jesus is the boss, God is the boss. And if God is the boss, the Holy Spirit of, of, of God is the boss. It's your boss. We have to be able to walk that line. I don't know. I don't want to be sounding like I'm giving advice because who am I to give advice? But I do want to serve and I do want to grow. And this is in the Bible. And I do want to read these things and, and try to consider what God would have me make of them and how to interpret them. And you may read the verses, like I say, and, and see them in a very different way. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children, and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. Wow. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius, as does the truth itself. We ourselves can say the same for him, and you know we speak the truth. Conclusion. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to write it with pen and ink. For I hope to see you soon, and then we will talk face to face. That's nice. You know, we've lost a lot of the face-to-face -face thing. I think we, we've got the anti-social media and we kind of have all these phones and things like that. But we don't really talk face-to-face -face anymore. It's hard to... Discussions. I mean, church is still networking. Church has always been about networking. Jesus knew that people would come together, worship God, worship Him. But I think He also foresaw the fact that people would get together, network, help each other. You know, there would be a community you know, who knows, you know, you could have a job, you could have a business and somebody says, hey, can you give my son a job? And it's like, okay, I know your family from the church. Have him report to me on Monday morning. And we'll see what he can do. I think that's how America was built. And I think that's how Canada was built. I don't know the other countries. I have never lived there. But from what I, what I believe, I think that's how America and how Canada was built. The word of God preached to people, people going by the Holy Spirit, having these relationships, having the new covenant, having that niceness. I mean, things going on in the world now, you know, we went to America when we were younger, we traveled to Georgia, to Florida. People were always super, super, super. And there's so much animosity going on in America, in Canada, people against other people of the same country, the same citizenship, the same race. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me. I, I didn't know. They talked about end times. I think we are just here. 
you know, everybody's offended and so difficult to preserve unity. Always some problem brewing in the church, some contention. It's just, it's, it's like we're walking against the wind. I know the Lord is coming back. I know he's true. Because what he said about human relationships decaying without the Holy Spirit is happening in front of us. You just go on YouTube and you listen to how people um, talk to each other and how they, how they try to date each other. You just listen to the stuff that they're saying. I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I can't believe that human beings are talking about other human beings like this. It's, it's mind-numbing. It's mind-blowing. It's actually frightening because when, when it says in the Bible, perilous time shall come, they're here. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius as does the truth itself. We ourselves can say the same for him and you know we speak the truth. I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. There is so much unpeace in the world, so much restlessness in the world. So many relationships don't have rest. There's chaos and turbulence and, and a lot of negative chatter. Please don't, don't be taken over by this. God has something better for you. God has something better for me. Your friends here send you their greetings. Yes, you will find friends in the church and you will find family in the church. The church is not just a social club on Sunday. It's the launch pad for heaven when we'll, people will be together forever. It's the launch pad for growing relationships that are healthy and long lasting and will never go away. Please give my personal greetings to each of your friends, of our friends there. That's what John the Elder writes. And I guess that's the last we hear of him unless he writes also in Revelation after that. Somebody said that, that the books of uh, first, second, third John were written after Revelation. You decide. I'm glad we could go through some of the books in the Bible. I'm glad, I'm glad that I have the opportunity to read this. It's fun and somehow reading the Bible it just calms my nerves and I'm glad that I have this hope that I have this book and I'm glad that I have the Savior in the book and his father as my creator and my Savior and my friend. I hope you feel the same way. God bless you.